0: Hey folks, welcome to the House of Krause. I'm Richard Krause. You know, occasionally around the old House of Krause, particularly when it's blazingly hot outside, we like to shut all the windows, lock all the doors, turn up the air conditioning, and get serious. Luxuriate in the cool weather inside the little ecosystem of the House of Krause, but we would like to get serious. So we're doing that today, although we're doing it with two comedians. The great Simon Rakoff, he's a legendary guy, been doing stand-up in Canada for 40 years. Darren Frost is an edgy comic, 20 years under his belt, and I brought them together to talk about the chilling effect that they may or may not be feeling in light of the award given to the family of a young man who was made fun of by a comedian named Mike Ward. Now he was ordered by a Quebec human rights tribunal to pay $42,000 to the victim of one of his jokes and the boy's mother. The young man in question is a disabled teenager who suffers from physical disabilities due to something called Treacher's Collins. He sang for the Pope in 2006 and and became kind of well known. Uh, But the joke in question And you can decide whether it's a joke, a comment, whether it's in good taste or bad taste. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is his ability, Mike Ward's ability to say it without being persecuted for saying it. And the joke was, and keep in mind, this is Mike Ward, not Richard Kraff, saying this. He's unlikable. I saw him at a water park. I tried to drown him, but I couldn't. Then I went on the internet to figure out what was wrong with him. And you know what it was? He is ugly. That's the joke that cost Mike Ward $42,000. I assembled Simon and Darren to talk about this with me. And this is what happened. But I want to talk about... Mike Ward and Simon, I'll talk with you because this seemed to like particularly incense you because it it has come to be more than just a free speech issue. Now, we don't really have free speech in the way, you know, people often say it's my right to say whatever it is that I want to say. Well, in Canada, it's not. I mean, we do have hate law speech. We do have uh, uh, all sorts of uh, of rules about what you can and cannot say. But for comedians, I've always felt
1: that those rules don't really apply so much. And I think you probably agree, right? I agree completely. i think I think intent has to be considered. And I think once you get into a comedy club, You know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, comedians, we already take a huge risk every time we open our mouths, you know? The odds that your joke goes or doesn't go is completely up to you. I always think of Norm MacDonald's joke about cliff diving. You know, there's two there's two categories, grand champion and stuff on a rock. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really what it's like with comedy, you know. So we're already taking the risk every time we speak that it's not going to go, that we may offend somebody, which will cost us our career and our job that week and our reputations. But to actually be sued because a joke doesn't fly is ridiculous. I mean, at that point, can I sue the weatherman because he claimed it would rain today and I, I brought an umbrella and didn't have to? I mean, if I go to a concert and the guy can't hit the note, you know, can I sue because he, he, he's not hitting those notes like he did in the 80s and now has to drop the octave? That's not fair. You can't sue somebody because they did a bad job and the notion of hate speak in the context of comedy means there's no comedy anymore because there's always a victim in a joke.
0: Now, one of the things that, I, that you said on the Facebook post was that the the idea of taking something a, com- a comedian says seriously kind of works against the idea of it because what you're saying is not said in a serious context.
1: Precisely. In, in the ancient Greek, right, the word comedy comes from comedia, which was described all theater. And the whole point of it is it is not actually happening. This guy is not being <laughs> stabbed to death in front of you. Otherwise, you'd rush the stage and grab the guy. You know it's not real. That's what makes it an entertainment and not a horror show.
0: And, Darren, I think it's probably fair to say that in your live shows, mm-hmm. you... Push the envelope a little bit more than Simon does, I think, in just in terms of the way that you interact with the audience, and <clears throat> for sure. and, and that kind of the, you. The, uh, I remember years ago they used to call you Little Man Hate. Yes, yeah, And and yes. that's part of the thing. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. But what do you think about Mike Ward? What's your take on is he is he funny for one thing?
2: Well, that's that's opinion. Yeah. And I, I never really think it matters whether he is funny or not, because that's up each individual. I personally find the joke funny. I personally thought the joke was fair. Um, you know, even my own history, I have lost more work than I've gained because of the kind of stand up comedy I do. Right. So I've actually been uh, affected financially. So there's already that problem in uh, that people can take it to uh, the, whatever the streets or, or to corporations and make sure that if you don't like something, then you can then affect it. So that has actually happened to me. To take it one step farther and then for the Human Rights Commission then to fine me as well, I'm already being fined in a way, you know, and I think that's enough. If people don't like something, they have the right to say they don't like it, and that's where it should stop. And with the Mike Ward case... You know, this joke was in 2010. Uh, it was a, a considerably long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I always say this about any joke in any comic. Every joke has the right to be told, in my opinion. It's just, should it be told? And right. only one person can decide that. That's the comic himself. Does he want to take it on the chin? Does he want to have the fight? Mike Ward wants to have this fight, so he does that joke. And I can't tell him what to do and what not to do, but I defend his right to do it. And I think anyone that, you know, laughs at anything that's a little off-color or off, you know off the market bit, you know, society determines what's funny and what isn't and you're just falling prey to that.
0: Now, the young boy that he was making fun of was in the audience with his mother and, uh, the the young guy has something called Treacher Collins Syndrome and, uh, He's famous in Quebec a little bit famous because he sang for the Pope when yes. he was just 10 years old you know he's he's got um, sort of the the press and I think probably the hearts and minds of the people on his side Mike Ward have you seen him perform no. do you know no uh, did you know of him no see here's I have. I yeah do. you and so what 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 is his show like?
2: He openly admits that he says mean things and he's a nice guy. That's right. what he kind of offstage. Um, but, you know, he has sold. A, th- here's the problem. In Quebec, if you're a comedian, you can be gigantic. You can yeah. be Jerry Lewis Big, and we've never heard of you. Right. So he has sold hundreds of thousands of DVDs. I mean, he was a very big star. And this isn't the first time he got into trouble. Two or three years before this, he got into trouble for making fun of someone. There was like almost like a John Bonet Ramsey case in right. Quebec. A girl went missing. And he made an inference on a gala just for laughs, that Revenue Canada knows where she is because they know everything. And he got in trouble, he got death threats, so this isn't his first time getting into trouble, that's number one. Um, You know, he is well-known, that's his kind of shtick, and he's playing it. It's funny
0: because I mean you uh, hadn't you don't know of him. I think of all comedians knowing one another, but Quebec, Toronto, I guess there's a bit of a divide there.
1: Well, and he mostly worked in French. Yeah, for most and he mostly worked career. in
0: French. Uh, but now we're talking about him, and he says, "Listen, I'll pay this fine. I'll pay the thirty-five thousand dollars because I've gotten more than thirty-five thousand dollars worth of
1: publicity out of this." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but regardless of if it's affordable, that's not the issue. Sure. The issue, as far as I'm concerned, is I don't have to see Mike Ward. I don't have to even right. hear the joke to say, if he's in a comedy club making a joke, whatever you think about the joke is not, not an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's an issue, then... Yelp him, Facebook him, you know, he can be pilloried publicly in a million ways these days. (laughs) You can cost him his career in all kinds of environments that don't welcome that sort of talk. But to treat it as a crime is way scary it is a very slippery slope I mean think about Don Rickles Mm -hmm. I mean his whole career was you're Chinese and this is what Chinese people do and you're black and black people do this but you know
2: the difference there people say this was a disabled child not a group of people that Don Rickles makes fun of
1: no and he makes fun of individuals in the audience too Don DeLuise you're so fat
2: but they're all adults Mm -hmm. that is the big argument here it's always people bring up the fact it's a disabled child my problem is why did the mother get seven thousand dollars
0: Right. Why
2: did the mother get $7,000? She's raising a disabled child. She knows she's going to have problems. She knows that she's going to have to deal with things outside of the norm. Why is she getting $7,000? I don't think she deserves $7,000. And the idea that it's a disabled child and boo-hoo-hoo and all that kind of thing. You know what? I have two kids that are also classified as special needs. They had problems. And I make fun of my kids and their problems all the time. Because I'll tell you something. If you talk to anyone, and this is another byproduct Mm -hmm. of the story, anyone that's disabled... Some of them are very upset with the story because they don't want to be coddled. They don't like this idea that, oh, a big warm hug, the world's a nice place. It's not a nice place, and they have to deal with stuff all the time. And there is that problem, and the byproduct of the story, there's certain groups in disabled, and I've talked to people in, you know, wheelchairs and and other disabled people, they don't like it. They don't want to be coddled. And in a a way, we're coddling this child. Also,
1: sorry, but what was a child who's that sensitive doing at a comedy club?
2: Are you sure he was physically there? Uh, it, it, that's
0: what, that's what it, it suggested to me, but you know what? I'm not a hundred percent. I don't conc- think he was okay.
2: there. I think what happened is they saw the clip and then they got upset. Right. Uh, and, and so that's, you know, but what does it matter if he's in the audience? But I agree with you. You know, it's like, what are you doing there? It's a, it's an adult show. You're a child. You're a 10 year old child. Mm-hmm. And
1: even if he isn't there, he is a public figure. At that yeah. point, he's not making fun of disabled children. I mean, look, and even if he was, I mean, I'm of the school of punch-up. I don't think you should make fun of the disabled. Of course. Right. But that has nothing to do with his right to talk about what he wants to talk about in his show. Yeah,
0: so this this comes down to not a matter of taste, but a matter of rights for you.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: And, and the chilling effect that something like this can have. Darren, will you think twice, perhaps, if you're performing in Quebec, about making certain jokes?
2: No, I won't. And and I, I won't anywhere, and I never have. And, you know, eight or ten years ago, after the Winnipeg bus beheading happened, I did material on it, and someone recorded it, put it on the internet, the family of the victim saw it, and then all of a sudden, six newspapers across Canada called me evil, and I got death threats, and I've had death threats before, and it hasn't stopped me. Uh, it's changed me a little bit, I just don't do as much current events, and I talk more about my children, because people don't get so upset with that, <laughs> and I want to stay alive because I have kids. But uh, I won't change, and in fact, there's a the amount of it he's getting i wish i got that press i mean i made the joke that, you know what i'm gonna start doing i'm gonna start trolling the make a wish foundation website and found me find me a kid <laughs> you know that kid's you know that kid right there he's got an iron lung I, he wants to swim with the dolphins i'm going after that kid get my just for last gallo ready because i'm coming this guy is going to be a superstar now i guarantee you mike ward now we're talking about him everyone is talking about him he will now make the leap from you know club comic, selling it out to theaters in a very short period of time, it'll be the best $42,000 he ever spent, and he knows it. And that's why part of it, I think, he's also fighting the appeal. It keeps it in the eye of the public, and it keeps this argument going.
0: I mean, I think there's probably, you know, two sides to that. It keeps the argument going, keeps think, keeps his name around, but it also, uh, you know, there is a, a, a civil rights component Absolutely. to this, which, you know, you can lean back on and say, I'm doing this for the rights of the people, but really... It's not bad to get your name in the newspaper right. in Quebec every out. single day. Another uh,
1: irony here is that the people death threatening Darren or the guy who assaulted you in the club, right. they're not charged. Simon brought
0: up an interesting thing when he said, Yeah, but you the guy that assaulted you on stage didn't get charged and that tell me about that. What what prompted someone to come at you on stage
2: so you know at my shows there's a giant warning on the door it says no refunds you will be offended x-rated shows so right. I, I don't like to punk people i want them to know exactly what they get because they think dirty comedy is just seinfeld with a bunch of f-bombs right. and it's not at least not the comedy i do and it's from the headlines and it can be harsh uh, but i always like to think there's a point of view attached to it not just for shock for shock value right. Anyway, someone didn't like a joke that I did, so they, uh, you know, said something to me. I said something back to him in a heckling situation. And here's the problem, you know, with drunks, uh, they like to take it one step farther. They right. lose the word fight, so he picks up a, a kind of like a Scotch tumbler glass and he whips it at stage from twenty feet away and it hits me right in the in the middle of the chest and I go down. This video is on YouTube. If sure. you put Darren Frost assault, you'll find it. It comes up. It's got a lot of views. Anyways, long story short, that co- that person wasn't charged. That person, no one called the police. And even when I called the police a month later, um, they said to me, well, you'll have to come to London. And then the police said, off the record, I go, off the record, what's his name? Because his friend emailed me his name. I gave him his name, and the cop sent me off the record. You got kids? Yeah. You got a website? Yeah. If I were you, I wouldn't press it. This guy's got priors, and he can find you any weekend he wants to because you have a website. That's the world we live in. And, you know, the other idea with tying it to the Mike Ward case, why are they not charging the bullies who bullied the kid because of the joke? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's Mike Ward presented this joke and then these kids are bullying the kid and the mother wants Mike Ward to pay. Where's the, where's the, the payback from the bullies? Where are the people dealing with the bullies who actually are harming the child? The joke didn't harm the child. The bullies did. And no one is doing anything about that. And that's the real crime there.
0: Simon, what's your final thoughts on
1: Mike Ward? Well, like Darren says, it's a bit like it's a bit like charging the Beatles for the Manson murders. You know, <laughs> yeah. just because just because you make a joke about something that then is used to you know hurt somebody, that was not your intent, and uh, intent has to be a factor in these things. You know, this is not a racist website. You know, promoting mm-hmm. the uh, the advancement of uh, of the white people over the the non white people or something like that. This is one man making a joke, risking his career for it.
0: And and what do you say then to? You know, the mother, if
1: the mother was in the room here, what would you say to her? I would say I don't agree with what Mike Ward said, and I I understand your anger, but that is not a criminal offense. That is a matter for you to write an angry blog and encourage people not to go see Mike Ward for money. Have we gone too far?
0: Just uh, typically speaking... You know, you guys are performers in live situations. I'm on the radio and television and I write. And I do sometimes think about, you know, I'll, I'll write something and go, oh, man, I don't know if I can, if this pushes the envelope of what I want to say. And frankly, if I want the blowback that's going to come from this. Darren, you seem particularly sort of uh, steeled against any kind of blowback, but are you? Really?
2: I I know I every joke that I write I consider every angle and every argument and everyone right. getting upset, and the fact that people assume I haven't is more of a upsetting thing for me. Right, it's like if you think I've done that joke about third world hunger and I haven't thought about the blowback or people saying how can you make fun of this type of topic, I've already figured that out. I'm yeah. already ready for it. I've got my answer, and uh, I think that. And you come to a comedy, it's, you know, it's like going to a haunted house and complaining that the bad man scared me. If there's a warning on the door, I've done my job. No one complains about, you know, Quentin Tarantino movies when they're rated R and you know what you're getting. And if you do, you're an idiot. It's almost like, you know, like Simon C.D. That's the, that's the world we live in. You can tell people all you want, you can warn them, but they're still going to get upset because they got a lot of free time and this takes up my free time.
0: Are people more outraged now about things, generally speaking, in terms of the comedy that you've done and, and the reaction? that you get uh, than they were like 10 years ago or maybe 20 years ago before everyone had a Facebook
1: account and could immediately rate you online? Absolutely. The internet is like traffic. That's what I say. Everybody's brave in their car. With two tons of steel (laughs) around you, you go, ah, get out of my way. If he was on the sidewalk in front of you, you'd politely wait until he moved aside. And that's how the internet works. We're all hidden behind our windshields and we're all ranting and brave. I've been noticing lately, you say, Darren, that you put up a sign. Listen,
0: you're going to be offended or you may be offended. Right. It's an R-rated show. You know, you let people know what's going on. Lately, though, I've been seeing trigger warning signs Everywhere They're at plays, at movies. I'm hearing, you know, that there are trigger warnings that, that you know, perhaps there will be uh, a, a subject, someone is sexually assaulted in a in a movie, but we have to make sure that no one in the audience is going to be offended by this or, or that it might bring up bad memories for people. And, I mean, I get it. It seems like a nice thing to do. It seems like a, a considerate thing to do. But, I mean, I wonder at what point that it stops. Because I think that the idea of art, whether it's what you guys do mm-hmm. or a movie or a play is to make you feel something. And the idea that we're warning people takes it oh, away. Yeah, listen, you may, you know, I had cancer three years ago, almost got run over by a car about three and a half years ago. And uh, watching American television at night is tough sometimes because uh, there are cancer treatment. Uh, ads, commercials on about every second ad, exactly. if you watch them, and it just it it does it you you do get a little whoosh, whoosh, every time it happens mm-hmm. you get a little twinge interspersed with hurt in a car call this
2: that, guy well, exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> and,
0: so watching television for me is a nightmare but I would never suggest the idea of trigger warning so I mean I mean this 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 is a new thing and I think that it's it it is something that to me takes away the essential part of going to see something or going to experience something, and that's the ability to feel something.
1: Well, I, 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 I'm of two minds on this. I mean, if you look at the Mike Ward situation like yeah. we were earlier, then a trigger warning is like putting may contain nuts on the ice cream. Right. It doesn't have nuts in it, but they don't want to be sued if you have right. an allergic reaction. Right. So that's really what it's about. It's it, it's just it's that lawyering up of society that makes people feel like they have to warn you about everything. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, uh, warning... Darth is Luke's father, (laughs) you know, it kind of spoils the experience a little bit, too. Oh, sorry
0: about revealing that, by the way. It has been 35 years.
2: But, you know, it's like like, uh, 10 years ago or 8 years ago, I watched Million Dollar Baby, and it was like literally a year or two after it came out, and I didn't know the end. Right. And if there was a warning on that show, then I might they might have given away the ending. And especially when it comes to sexual assault, it's a horrible thing. and, And I don't want anyone who's been through it to have to go through that. But I don't want to know that's going to be in the movie, because if I haven't done a lot of research about the movie, I do want it to be an experience and I don't want it to be wrecked. And I think that's what's happening with all forms of show business. It's this idea of giving a little bit and to not be sued. And it's not right.
1: I mean, I remember, uh, you know, they've always had, you know, there are there are strobe effects, yeah, yeah. that sure. kind of thing. Because, you know, if you've got an epileptic seizure happening, that's, right. that's worth knowing. But in terms of your feelings, I agree. Like, art is art. And if your feelings are going to be hurt by things, maybe the solution is uh, get over it.
0: I wanted to talk a little bit about... Uh, the people who create, people who create movies. Joss Whedon recently uh, said that he's gone off Twitter, and essentially he he says, you know, it's not me. I didn't go off because uh, I was tired of using it. I didn't go. I went off because of you, and by you he means the fans and the the entitlement of fans. People who think that that because they love the Avengers, that they have the right to determine how the storylines will go. They have the uh, entitlement to berate the filmmaker because of of a, a move or a plot twist or something that they may have added in. And I thought, since we have two people here who create things, in a very unusual situation, I create things, I write books, I sit at home alone in a room and do it, and then an editor sees it, and then a year after I've written it, hopefully a lot of people see it, but it is delayed reaction. You guys get... Immediate response. Also, from you get, when you, you
2: review do. a movie, you must get kicked back from that saying, "How can you not like this and yeah. this and this?" And so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the the Ghostbusters, the recent Ghostbusters review, I liked it. I thought it was all right. So I, I gave it the review. whole
2: Ghostbusters thing bothered me uh, the, the the blowback from fans because yeah. you know what? You still have the original movie. Yeah. It's not like they went in back in time and changed it. Yeah. You know, I the whole all female cast when that first came out, I was like, "Oh man, I love this." Because it does shake up the thing. Bill Murray doesn't want to do the sequel. It's not going to happen. So I don't know what you want, fans. I'm waiting for the all Portuguese version of (laughs) Ghostbusters. That's what I want, (laughs) where they fight the giant fish ghost at the end. I mean, come on. Give me a break. You have a little bit of an entitlement to sit in your basement and yell with your friends about what you don't like. This added level of social media, that's the part I don't like. It used to be great about me and my buddies sitting in the basement yep. and yelling, oh, man, this movie sucks and this is why. But why do you have to take it that much farther? Saying it sucks is one thing, saying your opinion. But then to go and target people like, the, like Leslie Jones, it's horrible. Yep. It's horrific. But this is a byproduct of, of that. And
0: Simon, I mean, how do you, you you frequently use well, you both do frequently use social media uh, to get your message out there to advertise gigs. You write on social media frequently, whether it's small essays like the Mike Ward thing or just one line jokes. Um, do, do you what, what's your opinion on on this? People getting in touch with you saying, Simon, do you really have to do so many jokes about whatever it is?
1: Yeah, that's easy to ignore. I mean, I have the same feeling as I feel about about the trigger warning thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll get over it. Say what you want. <laughs> I don't care. And frankly, I think Joss Whedon could also just say, well, I'm just not going to read these and that's what he did. foolish yeah. things.
2: And that's what he did. And right. he has the right, they have the right to, uh, in, a, in a perfect world, they have the right to say what they want. And he has the right not to read it. Yeah. Precisely.
1: I mean, freedom of speech doesn't mean I have to hear you. It just means you can say what you want. Right. Yeah,
0: well, you can say what you want, and because you have an opinion doesn't mean it's right. right. That's, look, the, that's the other thing.
1: I love Spider-Man, mm-hmm. as you know. You are
0: wearing a Spider-Man have, Man shirt right now. I have seen every
1: iteration of yeah. Spider-Man ever made, and there's lots of them. Yeah. You know? And sometimes I think it's terrible. And and this last one in the Civil War movie yeah. I thought was terrific. Yeah. They finally got it right, in they, my opinion. They, they
0: did. They finally nailed it. Yeah. But
1: on the other hand, I'm not making Spider-Man. So it's not like I go online and right. say, look, here's what me... As a person who loves Spider-Man, thinks of your version of Spider-Man. Like, what do they care what I think? You know, I just, I just feel think free to make it
2: <laughs> too much free time. And you know what? I don't like cranberry juice. And if you drink cranberry juice, I think you're a douchebag. There, I said it right. <laughs> but I'm not going to go over to a bar and knock it out of your hand. I'm not going to go to a store and yeah. knock it all off the shelves. I'm just not going to take that time. I'm going to be like, I don't like it, and I'm not, and that's it. But people have to start doing that more and more. And it's really easy on social media to to fall into that trap. You just have to stop yourself.
0: My favorite thing on Twitter. Twitter is the mute button. Sure. I use the mute button like, like, you know, like water. I use it every day. I mute somebody because, you know, I do believe that you can kind of say whatever you want. And I don't want to block people because that, that takes away their ability to Mm -hmm. at least put my name on it and vent at me if they Mm -hmm. want to. But I don't necessarily want to read it all. This is my house. This is my page. This is my thing. Right. And and social media is a series of little houses and we're all connected, you know, by by the, the internet tubes. And if I want to block you, I just snip that off. But I don't, uh, or mute you, I don't block you because you can say what you want. I'm just not going to read it.
1: I'm, I delete comments off my Facebook page all the time, do you? you know? Well, people will comment on something with, with an opinion I think is, you know, I don't want to hear and I'll just delete their comment, you know, feel free to put it on your page, but I don't feel like having it on my page.
0: I'm talking with Simon Rakoff and uh, Darren Frost uh, in studio. We're talking about social media. I don't delete comments. And I don't I, either. I, I, have, and, I
2: have a YouTube channel and a yeah. couple of uh, clips like the assault clip. Big numbers, half a million, and thousands of comments, and I just go all... And I press all, and they go all on. Yeah. And then I read them, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to read these anymore. Like, w- w- People have wished cancer on me. I yeah. hope you die. All these terrible things, not to the same extent as, as Leslie Jones, but, yeah. you know, to a smaller extent. And I just go, hey, you have the right to say it. Blah. It'd be hypocritical for me, from what I do on stage, to not say, okay, it's out there. Right. But I don't want to sit there and spend time on it.
0: Do you feed the trolls, though, when you, when you delete a comment? Because people who leave inflammatory kind of comments on your... Page are also the kind of person that go back and go, oh look, he deleted me. He did, he's he's, he's right. denying me my chance. So aren't you just kind of feeding the trolls by doing that? See,
1: I don't delete comments about me. Uh, I don't delete anything if they're actually talking about me. I'm saying if I if I make an opinion about something in the world, right, right, and then they write, well, here's what I think about Hillary, right. <laughs> then my feeling is, well, you can talk about Hillary on your page. Yeah, I don't have to share your opinion that's opposite to mine. On my page,
0: you all have kids. Uh, how do, how do you teach your kids about social Not together. media? together. <laughs> no, you don't have kids together. Although they'd be beautiful children. They would be. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, how do it you, you to teach your kids? skip a generation? I mean, Simon, <laughs> uh, so, mean, I think your your daughter's a little older than your kids, right, yes, Darren? No. But uh, what she she is about the right age. To be very active on social
1: media. Do oh you, my God! Do you
0: monitor anything, or how do you? Yeah, oh yeah, that?
1: yeah. Oh, believe me, I I am completely in touch with all of that stuff, <laughs> and uh, I have been forced to more than once say, okay, this person's not following you anymore. Really? Uh, sure. You know, I mean, she's not yet sixteen, and yeah. you know, you get these very creepy accounts on on Tumblr and Instagram, yeah. you know, where their cover pages, you know hardcore pornography, I'm like, you know what? I don't think you need to have this person knowing what you're up to. Right.
0: Yeah. Darren, do your kids use uh, social well, media? Yeah, well,
2: yeah, my 12-year-old's just kind of starting now. He just kind of got a small cell phone for kind of emergency purposes. But, right. you know, it's got Wi-Fi. So, yeah, uh, you know, we're talking to him on a daily basis of, what you know, what did you do today? Where did you go? What pages? That kind of thing. And uh, you have to. If you don't, you're in trouble. It's, it's just, in my opinion, social media is a great blessing for certain things and a horrible thing for others. I, I
0: agree. And I think that we're still just figuring it out. We're it's like, not. It's like we're...
2: aspartame. There isn't the... the <laughs> it, it's like <laughs> like we don't know. It's like in 30 years from now, it may come right. back that aspartame is the most horrible. There's just not enough time to see the damage yet. And social media is the same thing. It's still the 40s and cigarettes are good.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And and that's what I wonder in 10 years from now, in 20 years from now, um, are we going to be able to have conversations anymore that don't involve, you know, a, a screen and, or, a and, or a selfie or an outraged comment? You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it's going. And I don't want to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but I think the aspartame uh, reference is bang on. Yeah. We don't know.
2: We don't know. Yeah, you talk, I asked my doctor about it because I have diabetes and I got to cut sugar out. And he's like, you know what? For you, it might even be better just to have the sugar than aspartame. Is that right? You wow. know, it's just like, it's like we don't know. And the research that's coming out isn't good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, eventually we'll figure out social media. But as we sit right now, we haven't. It used yeah. to be... Fun. Cat, my my page used to be filled with uh, cat videos. Oh, it used to be, hey, stuff. what's
2: that guy from high school doing these yeah. days?
0: And now, and
2: now it's you know Trump's Hitler.
0: Yeah, and 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 uh, you know during the 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 two uh, conventions, the Democratic and Republican convention, man, I mean, you really do see. Uh, a lunatic fringe side come out on both sides. It's it's really something.
2: And I mean, corporations controlled us before social media. It's even more now. Marketing is the message, and it's so powerful and so big. It's a a tipping point. It really is. And that's why, like I said, I'm very concerned for my kids and what they're seeing because it's manipulation. It happens all the time. I
0: used to use social media and still do primarily just as a, a, a way to promote of you know, things that I'm doing, I'm not sure that I'm finding it as, as successful. I, no. If I post something on on Facebook, it doesn't seem to have the same impact that it might have five years or ago or five years ago. Simon, do
1: you find this? Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like it's like when you go to those uh, those cities and it's just ads everywhere you look. Yeah. You know, it becomes white noise. I mean, every friend of mine is constantly telling me about the show they're doing, uh, and I don't think any of us expects that we're gonna be an audience at each other's comedy shows where we're all in the business. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know.
0: Uh, we're almost out of time. Uh, listen, guys, it's been a pleasure to have you in to, to talk about this stuff. The Mike Ward thing, I think, is far from over. This is a story that will develop. I think I'm over sure the that's next... what Mike
1: Ward hopes. Well,
0: that's yeah. what <laughs> you know what it probably is. But you know, uh, the, this idea that you know the 35 grand that he was ordered to pay because he made fun of a, a, a child, a disabled child, and then uh, you know was taken to the Human Rights uh, Commission uh, to me is uh, kind of chilling. It's sort of chilling, and I know the circumstances behind it are some kind of difficult to talk about. You don't want to see disabled children being made fun of. You just don't want that. But the idea that someone uh, was prosecuted for something that wasn't a hate crime, I think, is uh, is interesting. And, and, you know, I don't know if it keeps you up at night, Darren, but it must make you
1: think twice.
2: Uh, It hasn't, and it won't, because I want that press. And I'm not a I'm
1: a pretty I'm a pretty middle of the road comic, right, but sure. um, I always liken it to that old poem. You know, they came to the gypsies, and I said nothing right. came for the gypsies because I was not a gypsy. You know, yeah. like to me, there's this is a slippery slope, and you can't even let the thin edge of the wedge in.
0: Well, that's it. That's all for the House of Kraus this week. Thanks for stopping by. My thanks to Simon Rakoff. You can find his comedy CD surrounded by idiots at SimonWackoff.com, It's also available at CD Baby. It's available wherever you can legally purchase and download fine music and spoken word. Darren Frost, you can find his work at comedystorewhore.com. He has four DVDs of his comedy there, very attractively priced. Those guys are smart. More importantly, they're really funny. Enjoy talking about this. It's a touchy subject. I'm not sure that I find Mike Ward's joke particularly funny, but I will defend his right to say it in public. That's it for the House of Krauss this week. Be sure to stop by again next week. We put a new show up every single Monday, and you never know, maybe one of your favorites will stop by, so make sure you stop by the House of Kraus and visit with us.